Greetings, students, and welcome to another fun-filled day here at Horror in the Halls. <laughs> What's up, kids, and welcome to Horror in the Halls. I'm Bob, a.k.a. Mr. Holland. And I'm Jenny, a.k.a. Mrs. Hill. And we're still just two high school teachers talking about spooky stuff. And it's New Year's Day here in the Halls. And to celebrate in this week's lesson, some will live, some will die. Don't waste money on a return fare. You won't be coming back. We're talking about 1980s Terror Train. Dun, dun, dun. And just like that tagline, this movie is terrible. <laughs> It is so bad. It's so bad. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to love this movie. I really did. I mean, you really can't go wrong. You got Jamie Lee killing it. Mm-hmm. The premise is okay. Again, so let's just get into the deets and then I'll get into ripping it apart. So it was okay. released October 3rd, 1980. Runtime in 97 minutes. Um, directed by Roger Spottiswood. I'm not entirely sure how you say that, but it was his first directorial debut. Um, done some movies after this. Really the only one that was horror related. It was written by Y.T. Drake. Cinematography by John Alcott, which I'll talk in depth about that dude in a, in a second. He's the best part of this movie. Um, it made some money. Budget was $3.5 million, Box office, $8 million, which I guess I'm not sure if that was good or not in 1980. Who knows? Uh, I mean, work? it probably did a little bit Decent only because of Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, it had a name attached to it. Yeah. Uh, especially because this came out right after Prom Night. Mm-hmm. It's only a couple years after Halloween. So she was still kind of new, but known enough yeah. to be a person. You know what I mean? Uh, had a 40, 44% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 37% audience score, which is about Ooh. accurate. And a 2.8 on Letterboxd. Ooh, dang. I know, That's right? Rough. Yeah, it's not good. It's got a solid cast, though, man. Like, Ben Johnson is Carney. He's uh, the conductor. He's like a legit Oscar-winning world champion rodeo cowboy. I know. Johnny told me that last night, and I was like, really? That's yeah. interesting. He won an Oscar for the last picture show, but he was like a 100% a world champion rodeo cowboy, which to me is crazy. That, that is crazy. But also kind of cool. Uh, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis as Elena, or Alana, the main character here. Hart Botchner as Doc. He's a dick. Oh, Andy Curry is so Mitchie. A terrible character name. I've never met a person. Mitchie? Named Mitchie. That's her friend. It's terrible. Timothy Weber is Mo. Derek McKinnon is Kenny Hampson. We'll talk about him in a minute, too. Anthony Sherwood is Jackson. Joy Bushell is Pet, which is also a weird name. You got For Vanity real. in this bad boy. Greg Swanson. Howard Bussang. And David freaking Copperfield as the unnamed <laughs> no, magician. I was like, "What?" I know he's just—he's just named the magician. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. No name. Mm-hmm. So the plot of this movie is, yeah, no, it's just bad. Like, apparently, one of the producers said he had a dream after seeing Halloween and Silver Streak, and he said to his wife, "What do you think about putting Halloween on a train?" His wife answered, "That's terrible." He jotted down, "Terrible train," and that's where. Terror All of this came up. Stupid. Oh, so bad. <laughs> so, so bad. And it doesn't really make sense. Like, so you open up with like the final scene they shot is these high school frat boys and other not high school, sorry, college, college. frat boys. And uh they all they all look forty five. 
but apparently they're college freshmen. Oh no! Like dude who plays Where? Mo looks like he is like a sitcom dad. Like he's like balding and looks like a creepy old man. Yeah, like, they're they always look way older than they should. Way way older than they should. Other than the dude who's like you know the nerdy guys and the stupid beanies, the rest of them look like they're a hundred and two. Um, yeah. The beanies, I was like, what, are, what, are, what is going on? We're just with these hats. And then it made sense. I'm like, oh, they have to wear them until they get laid. It's so stupid. Yeah, the rushes or whatever. You know, that's the most 80s, like, <laughs> uh, thing ever. I know. Oh, you can't be in the frets. You get laid, bro. No, no. That's like super80s.com right there. It is. And so then it opens up with some really kind of fucked up shit, even for the I'm 80s. I'm saying. So you have the classic, like, we're going to trick you into thinking you're about to get laid with, like, the hot main character, which is, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis, which, let's be honest, in the 80s, Jamie Lee was hot. Like, I'd have hit on Jamie Lee Curtis her day. <laughs> her day. And then, like, she's the craziest right. thing ever happened to me, like, when they turn, he pulls his sheet back, the guy goes in the room, she's like, take your clothes off. And she's all talking to him. He gets in bed. There's a legit cadaver in that bed. Yeah, gross. No arms. Gross zombie titties out. Just yes. disgusting. Yeah, I did my titty tally for this movie. Are those the first sure. set? Yes. It says cadaver titties. It's ridiculous. Cadaver titties. <laughs> and then there's this strange, <laughs> just odd scene, freak out, that gets done in slow-mo, and the guy's all twisting himself up in this, like, like ah! four-poster canopy bed. And, and she's yeah. screaming, and it's like, what the heck? And they're laughing. I'm like, this. Yeah. first of all, this is not a funny prank. No, it's a horrible prank. If someone, if I went upstairs and they had a cadaver in the bed and I was supposed to like get with the person, I'm going to kill some people. Like I understand <laughs> the, 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 the plot of this movie. That's messed up. Not to mention yeah. like the seizure inducing strobe lights going on up there with all the different lights blinking the whole time. Oh, like, I know. I, I made a note of that. I, I have a hard time with like any type of strobe light or like weird camera movement, like first person. Like one, I can't like um, you know, like a Blair Witch, uh, Blair Witch Project, like those kind of movies. Like what are those called? Yeah. Found footage. Found footage movies like that, and like any kind of strobe light, it hurts my eyeballs. And I'm like, what is happening? And they're like, it looks so good up here, doesn't it? And I'm like, no, what the hell it does. It looks yeah. like a horror movie, <laughs> literally. It's supposed to be, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, but like. Like in the college dorm, you're gonna set it up like that when people well, are the eighties, man. Laid. So like, think about Stupid. like what their uh, their idea of what college looked like in the eighties. It wasn't like all urban legend, you know how we think about it now. Think about like this is on the heels of Animal House. I know they're ridiculous. I love you know what I mean. Though. So like they're looking at it like frats were wild, and it was like yeah. you know just sex and drugs and drinking and just. No one learned anything apparently in college. And then you kind of hint to later on, these kids are pre-med. Yeah. Okay. So I was really confused at the beginning because apparently it was, it was um, alluded to at one point or he said something about it, but I'm like, it didn't like specifically say like before the cadaver was in the bed that they were med students. At least I didn't catch it. I uh, must he not says have caught it, it when he tries to shake hands with that other dude, Ed, and yeah, he has but- the, dead, the dead hand. Does he say that they're pre-med or does he say like, he just says like, you're going to see worse things later or something. He alludes I to it. I think it kind of alludes to them being medical students. Cause he asked him if he got it from like the college or something like that. And he was like, yeah, I think he says pre-med. Okay. I think I might be wrong. Again, this movie is just weird. 
It was so weird. But I, I, I that, and there's like a three year gap, and you're just like, what? And it was that was really confusing to me. I was like, what the hell is happening right now? But like the dead body or the dead body part, what I what I like wrote down, I'm like, this is a terrible prank for multiple reasons. Not only was it terrible because of the of poor Kenny that had yeah. to deal with it, but the lady they used. Yeah, that was like somebody's mom. Yeah, up. like what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm sure like she donated her body to science, but she didn't meant she didn't donate it for you to play it play with it. Gross. Yeah. No arms. I'm assuming that was her hand. It was jacked up, but it was really interesting. Um yeah. That was the most eighties <laughs> opening to a movie, I think. Of course it's nineteen eighty, so like we got this like on the hills of we gotta have Halloween type slashers. Um Let's yeah. cast the you know the main girl from the final girl from Halloween and and I guarantee like that was how they try to sell this movie you know what I mean like Jamie Lee Curtis but yeah story skips three years they're coming off a bus they're all wearing ridiculous costumes like it's ridiculous never really explained um you do hear that it's a New Year's party I guess that's why we picked this movie it's our New Year's film uh, New Year's costume party which is rando and they're getting on a train yeah. A passenger train. This yeah, I guess that's it's not very common in the U.S. First of all, but like, what? Maybe it was in the '80s. They had that whole dialogue with shovels. Who's like, trains are coming back, man. Trains are coming back. Well, Johnny looked it up actually while we were sitting there, and he said there's only like four to five passenger trains that lead from like one side of the U.S. to the other. Was like, that supposed just not... to drive from all the way across the U.S.? I think so, or like through the Midwest or whatever. I don't, weird. I'm like, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. It was oddly placed. Like, cause any passion, like I've never been on a, in, on a train period, but like there is one, but it's a, just a dinner train. You just get on there for dinner and it circles back around. But yeah. It's not like we've been on it. Going. Uh, not the one in Bargetown. There's one in French lick. They do the Polar okay. Express on. I took my yeah, kids no. on that. I'd love to do that, but it was pretty cool. But, I I thought it was kind of weird. I, I think the jump too was very um, jarring because I wasn't sure what was going on. Because did it say it was three years later? I must yeah. have missed some stuff because I was like, like, "What is happening?" When the bus rolls up and the bus is when that first scene when as soon as it cuts and the bus is on the road, it says three years later. I might have been like, typing at the moment because I okay. was trying to take notes. Well, it, okay, it's a good sense. start of how lame this movie is because <laughs> it's stupid. You have these weird cutscenes with like the conductor guy dancing with the woman in the wheelchair, which is just odd. Yeah. And you have that bit of foreshadowing. I wish they'd put a radio on this train. What if one of these kids gets drunk and falls off? So they can't radio for help or anything in the middle of nowhere. And then like you go back to the kids loading and these dudes are all nonchalant like, ha ha ha, they're going to have fun. And then we get our first kill of the whole movie. Yeah. And it was really sporadic. And we don't even see it. He's just bleeding. Everyone thinks it's a joke because this dude's like they... Right before that is a scene where he's making a bunch of really like distasteful jokes and just being mm-hmm. the most eighties dude ever. But you can tell he's one of those tryhards who just wants to yeah. be cool with his big goofy glasses. Eduardo over there wearing the Groucho Marx mask, which is like on the poster. Okay, yeah, it yeah. is. It's like because he's the first kill, and that yeah. that part, and I'll talk about that in a second. That was I think it was interesting take on how to do this. Have a mass killer, but not like the same. It was interesting. But his death is off is essentially off screen. Like other than him getting attacked, you just see him kind of dying. Yeah. And then everybody just leaves him. Yeah, he got stabbed with a sword. Yeah, like a whole ass sword. I guess that's why they thought it was <laughs> that's a joke. What I, posted. I was like, where did this sword come from? 
Yeah, it was odd. I think that was also to make you think that David Copperfield's character was the killer throughout Probably. a lot of it. Yeah. Or it came because out of his he had, stuff. It came out of his little box with the sword sticking out of it. Because yeah. it was it was it had a hilt on it that was very similar. So. But it was a it was a lame kill. Um Yes. And then he gets run over by the train, which is also ridiculous. And then we just cut to these people getting drunk on a train. Yes. They're getting drunk and like, okay. So I was really frustrated with the writing at the very beginning of this because I was like, what these, these conversations that these kids are having make no sense to me. Like it doesn't even say like, I guess because you're supposed to kind of assume that doc is the one who did put together all the pranks, at the beginning with Kenny mm-hmm. and the cadaver. But he must have been like a known like prankster like throughout the entire time they were in college for pre-med. And then she's mad because she came to the party because Doc is putting on the party. But she thought her boyfriend Mo was putting on the party. And then like they're arguing about this. And I'm like, I feel like I'm not a part of this conversation at all because I don't know what's happening. Well, I think they kind of allude to the fact is that he did not tell her they were going to do that to Kenny in the beginning. Like, she didn't know it was a cadaver. It was going to be that weird thing. And he made well, her no, part of that. no, she was just as terrified as, as yeah. Kenny was. So I think it's one of those, she hates Doc. Even though, I think Doc has some kind of weird, I'm in love with Mo kind of situation. Yes. I thought that same thing. I was yeah. like, are you just really wanting it? Because when he died, he was more sad about him than he was Mitchie. Yeah. I was like, that 100%. is really weird. And he even makes a comment later on when after after Elena gets mad and they're separated, he's like, "Well, you always have me." I'm like, "Yeah, because you're in love with him." <laughs> yes, bunch of weirdos. Um, not that it's weird to be in love with a dude, but this character is terrible. No, you watch he, this movie. Doc sucks. His character is the worst, the absolute worst. Yeah, he's um, crap. I put David Copperfield. Shut up. <laughs> I know, right? So there's like a magician <laughs> entertainment on the train, and it's the yeah. only movie David Copperfield has ever been in where he was not David Copperfield. Dude, I really would love to hear him talk about this movie. There has to be something somewhere about him talking about this movie. Uh, there's some little like little snippets of things he said. Um, he said it was really stressful to do because this was one of his first times doing magic like that on camera. And he said like what he's doing are actual tricks. Like he said, what it's not. There's no editing magic. It's him doing things. And like he said, because he wanted everybody that was working there to see what you were going to see, apparently. But it was a bit stressful because, you know, you're being watched. He said the doing on film was a lot different than to say be on a TV show or anything of that nature at the time. Plus, he wasn't like I made space shuttles disappear David Copperfield yet either. He was kind of starting out. I liked him on the he added a different like he was the person in the film that makes you think he is who is killing everyone. And I really liked that. Yeah. He's like the MacGuffin. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think he, he was there for no reason. Like uh, really other than to be the MacGuffin, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, his character. Cause they kind of make it where he's like sort of hitting on her. Oh, he was definitely hitting on her. Like, Oh, Hey, let me show you some magic. And, uh, <laughs> you're attractive. Let me show you some magic tricks. Yeah. And your boyfriend Mo uh, is stupid. Yes, yes. I hated terrible. most of the men in this film. Thought they all sucked. I liked the conductor. That's that's about all the only person I liked. Yeah, he was cool. I didn't mind uh, shovels. He was interested. He was really excited about his. Uh, <laughs> he trains were gonna make a comeback. He was gonna be a conductor one day. He got murdered. Oh my I guess. Gosh. Um, 
me see. Uh, well, I did make a comment at the beginning uh, when they're on the train and you see the person that keeps lingering around. I said, weird guy keeps on lurking. Is it Kenny? So I kind of had an idea. At the I think you're like, well, probably, he's probably come back to like kill everybody because he's pissed. We especially rewatching this now in 2022. Um, we know all the tropes. You know what I mean? So like it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that that was going to be him. Yeah. I'm sure maybe in 1980, it was not as apparent to them who the killer was going to be because it wasn't something you'd seen a thousand times. Yeah, you know I guess I mean? so. Because at this point, like, we've seen that a million and two times in every slasher film ever. Yeah, I was just really frustrated because I was like, I don't know where these conversations are going. The dialogue sucks. <laughs> and I was like, he didn't hire a magician because Doc is the one that put the party on. And he's like, I didn't hire a magician. And and Mo was like, well, maybe someone else just had a good idea. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And then yeah. I thought, well, maybe Mo hired the magician. I don't know. And then I was like, is Kenny the magician? And then I put, ha, ha, ha. I'm grasping at straws because I didn't know yeah. what was happening. I was like, this uh, movie is just stupid. It's so stupid. It was weird. I had to, I, I definitely concur. It was odd. Um, my thing about this movie is I didn't like any of the deaths. Like they were all kind of <laughs> stupid, I thought. And most of them were off screen. So you didn't really even get like the only ones you really see him do is when he bashes Jackson's head into the mirror, which how yeah. that kills a person. I don't know, but whatever. Like he dies, and then like everyone else, you you find their bodies, but you don't see them being killed. Like Mitchie, you see them have their altercation, but you don't see him cut her throat until mm-hmm. Ben. I, I thought I thought it cut back. You see that her throat was cut. You don't see him actually do it. I thought you saw him. Maybe do I it. was writing. So it looked like they were. He I, only I remember. No, he puts his hand over her face, and then I thought it cuts to something else, and then Carney sure finds him. I, I don't know. I thought I saw that. I don't know. I, I was looking down and looking back up every time I was typing. And then yeah, I was, I was like, taking notes too. So I was so frustrated with this movie. So that's, that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> like, yeah, so no, like everything. Her throat is slid off, off screen. I just double check. Okay. okay. So you got Jackson second and they find his body, but then it cuts back when he goes to get someone to investigate it and all the blood is cleaned up and he's just laying there. But I guess now it's no longer a black dude. It's a white dude. But no one cared. Because that's kind of the central plot here is that there's definitely a killer. And I kind of like the idea of having him change costumes to blend in over and over and over again. But then later on, when you find out who the killer is, it causes some weird continuity things. Yes. Which I thought was weird. Yeah. Now, And then Mitchie's the third kill. And it says her throat is slit off screen. Okay. That's a huge gap between deaths. Like a huge gap. It was 13 minutes in, 22 minutes in is Jackson, and then Mitchie's 46 minutes in. Yeah, and then you have well, that's not the only kills though. It'll it it kind of you kind of have to assume that the train, um, the person piling the train or driving the train or however you call it, was a train the conductor. <laughs> engineer. Not the conductor. They're called engineers. Then, the engineers were not there. They were, and they showed like a bloody hat. So I'm like. Did he kill the engineers too? Like, when did he find the time to do that? There is some dialogue where Carney says, he must have got them both. It's one hour and one minute in. But they think it's shovels and then a random crew member. Mm -hmm. I mean, the train moves the whole time. So, obviously, the engineer is still up in the the front of the train. Carney's just the conductor. So, he's the one that deals with the people. Yeah, but then they were gone. That's why the train wasn't stopping when they pulled the the lever to stop the train. So, maybe he killed that dude. That... 
that that's what warranted him to go to the front of the train to see what was going on because he wasn't stopping from the emergency pull. Maybe he killed that. Because you know, Doc was having a meltdown and like give us off the train, like pulling the, the little lever and he wasn't he killed stopping. everybody, man. Yeah. He killed a lot of people. Some of them don't make any sense though. Like Moe's death, for instance. Doc was right next to him. So how in the world did you kill this dude right next to the dude who's in love with him? And nobody knows. Yeah, it's weird. Because Moe's the fourth kill. Then you got Shovels and the train crew member, which we're assuming is the engineer. And then Doc gets killed, also off screen. So there's no really, like, no, there's no kills that you see in this entire movie. Yeah, there's not. You just see their deaths. Or you see the bodies. But you don't see them actually, like, you know, like, difference in, like, um... Maybe it was cheaper. I don't know. But you don't see the killer actually kill anyone except for Jackson. But his head bashed into a mirror should not have killed him. But like Eduardo, no. you, he turns around and the sword's already in his gut. But you don't see anybody do it. Well, but it it shows his hand when he kills Mitchie. Well, yeah, you he see him fight Mitchie. But then you don't know he slit her throat. Like, I think, I'm pretty but, sure you just see him cover her face. And maybe he goes at her neck. But you don't see him, like, cut her throat. No, like I'm talking movies. about... You were saying that because D-Jack is the one that was in the in like the lizard type costume, right? Yeah, he's just Jackson. And he, they keep calling him D-Jack the whole movie. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I have it listed as. But anyway, he, it shows him in the costume, the, the, the killer. At least that's what you assume because D-Jack was dead. Yeah. Previously. But when he goes to kill Mitchie in that costume, he pulls the the hand off of the costume and he lays D-Jack's hand on her. Because she said, oh, you know what they say, cold hands, warm heart. And then she opens her eyes to him and that's when he kills her. I so, that part. Yeah, so that it was, was D-Jack's hand. hand. I it was wasn't. His. It, um, he pulls out a de- like a cadaver type hand, but it was D-Jack's hand because it was it was brown mm, okay maybe ties it back to the beginning of the um the film yeah so interesting well i will See, say we, it's funny we caught different things because yeah. I, I, you caught stuff that i didn't catch because obviously my brain filled in the blanks on her getting her throat slit so. yeah i mean well you see that's what happened to her but i think i'm yeah. pretty sure all the actual killing in this movie is done off screen i think so other than like spoilers, the killer himself and oh yeah, the dude getting his head bashed in, which is I mean I guess maybe it's because all the movies I've watched, I'm used to I want to see something. It's a horror movie. It seemed kind of lame to me. Um, it made it less scary. It just made it kind of cheesy. Like and like, it there's parts about this movie I really liked. And like cutting jumping jumping back a little bit to the cinematographer. It's like John Alcott is an amazing cinematographer Mm -hmm. so if you if you watch it like looking at the scenes and just thinking from a technical side like how they're lit how they're shot especially in a train car is pretty solid there's not a lot of boring shots other than the beginning like that scene at the beginning where the way it's cut where they're just jumping back and forth you know what the hell's happening and you can't tell who the main character is i'm not sure if he would have shot that because that Apparently was the last thing shot after post and it was not very good. Which part was that again? The very beginning where they're having like that weird bonfire. Okay. But it's jumping between the characters so much that you don't really know who the main character is. You don't know if it's Mitchie or if it's Elena, if it's Doc, if it's Mo, if it's Kenny or Eduardo. It just jumps around and it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But then when you get on the train, there's some really static shots which i think is interesting and the lighting is really well because alcott actually studied lighting and how light fell in the rooms on a set 
because I mean, he worked for Stanley Kubrick. Excuse me. No worries. Um, you know, he was a cinematographer on The Shining and A Clockwork Orange, and he did all the lighting camera stuff on 2001. So, like, he learned from a master cinematographer how to how to cut capture light the right way and how to do it and which is kind of an interesting thing apparently he devised a unique method of lighting this train where he he rewired the entire train and mounted individual dimmers on the exteriors of all the camera car carriage cars that way he could uh utilize variety bulbs with different wattages and control them with the external dimmer dimmers i can't speak today and he could basically light the set in super fast manner so he knew what how he wanted each one to room each room to look i thought the lighting was done well too i mean because it's a set at night so all the cars are going to be dimly lit anyway yeah and then there's certain parts of them that don't have windows and i think that added that did for me it added a little bit more um uneasiness because that's a very close quarters to be killing someone and getting away with it oh 100 yeah that so that to me was well done so but like like you said, you, when you're watching a horror movie, you kind of want to see like what is happening. Well, yeah, what, just the aftermath. It goes back to what we talk about in the rubric with like the technical stuff versus like the writing. Like the writing yeah. in this is not good no, because the story so cool. is meh, the character development is meh. No, oh, the characters from, are terrible. From a technical standpoint, <laughs> it looks really good. Yeah. Um, it's shot well inside the trains and once you learn more about the technical stuff of how it was all made because they actually had to like they leased these trains these are these are real train like they leased it yeah. from a place and they put a lot of it in a sound stage and it is all shot at nighttime because they had to um it was too loud during the day apparently but i think some of the bad acting comes from the fact that they just did not not all the actors were actors like, apparently i was reading that there was a lot of friction between the director and Derek mckinnon that's who plays kenny but he said that okay. apparently he was not an actor. He was a transvestite from the streets of Montreal. And he did not know anything about the concepts of a contract or showing up for work on time. He said he did a pretty good job. He was familiar with that world of cheap theater and was strangely effective. Because that person was just like a legit, like, I don't know if it was, I don't tend to be a transvestite. He was probably more like a drag queen in the day. Well, that makes more sense to why he dressed as the helper, too. Yeah, yeah. It, it does, I it really does thought fit. that was a woman at first. I did too. I did too. I just thought it, w- it was a very strange. So that is not an attractive lady. <laughs> so I was trying to say it really yeah. nice. I, I was like, was nice. yeah, I don't. He was a very strange looking lady. And then yeah. I realized, oh, it is not a lady. Yeah. But like they did like some so. cool stuff for this. They had special dollies built just for the cameras to fit in these tiny rooms, special lighting. So from a technical aspect, this movie's good. Uh, yeah. acting aspect it is not good at all no, the writing is not, not I, mean, I don't even think Jamie Lee Curtis can save this movie like you have an Oscar winning actor who's no, like do, no do, do card tricks it's just well, not you got, good she, her hands are tied with the writing unless she yeah. wants to like throw a fizzy fit over it but that's not they could have just, just found someone else this is too early in her career yeah and then I made a note I wanted to talk about this because I thought this was hilarious but like I said, how does the conductor keep finding dead bodies? And then he goes back to his friend. And he's like, you need to come with me and look at this. And then every time you go back and look, there's nothing there. Or like he keeps like, he's the one that finds each one. I'm like, what is happening? This guy, this poor guy. He was like, there's a dead body on this train. We don't need to freak anybody out. But 
there's another dead body you. on this tree. There's another dead body. And then yeah. there's another one. I'm like, and then he's like trying to save her from like herself, basically, like Elena's character. And I was yeah. like, no. Why are we just let her do what she's gonna do? Because she she's already lost her mind. Because she's then lost Mo and Mitchie. She care less about Doc because he is a dick. Well, I I, I cannot stand. I cannot stand him. His, his his line of "It's every man for himself." And I was like, "Shut the fuck up, Doc. You deserve to die." Like I'm so I was so over him. So when he died, I was like, "Yes." I have one note about him that Doc sucks. <laughs> I was like, "Doc sucks." You I know said mean? you like, were the weakest link for real. He really was. He was crap. This movie's weird, dude. It has 10 kills in it all, all together. You don't see anyone actually being killed. Yeah, it's weird. You know what I mean? We just find bodies, which I thought was for a slasher or- film. No one's actually getting slashed. A couple of dudes are getting stabbed. I think um, my favorite kill, we don't see the kill, but favorite death was probably David Copperfield's, how he stabbed into that box like he was doing a trick. That was pretty funny, I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's... I actually thought his death was funny, the uh, D- Kenny's death, because there's a huge thud at the end, and then the movie is in. It's over. Yeah, he just falls to <laughs> his doom. Yeah. And it was like, boom, and then, the, and then yeah. the the movie's over. I'm like, well, are you kidding me? It ends like that? There was actually a really good scene, too, like at the end, speaking of like cinematography, how the camera just follows the body down the stream, and then the credits start rolling. You're like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. I will say that last mask he had on, those types of masks freak me out so bad. Yeah. I hate those clear masks where they you you could you can barely see the person behind it. I would rather just not see your face. Like you can like see it, but it's like a distorted mask, you know. I yeah. it was cool though, because like he those. was playing like another person he killed, I guess. That character didn't have a costume mask, so he had to make one up. It was all weird. I will give him yes. that. But it I did so like strange. There was parts I really liked a lot. Like I said, the cinematography I loved. Um, him being like the magician's assistant, I thought was really cool because you did not really expect that. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of changing costumes to blend in all the whole movie. Yeah, that was a good. So that was Mickey a good wore four or five costumes in this whole movie, and it's novel, but it's cool. It doesn't make a lot of sense. That's why, like, when they remade Terror Train this last year, I think Tubi remade it. It's set on Halloween on a train instead of New Year's Eve because they're like, why would we have a costume party on New Year's? It makes no sense. Just be here getting drunk. Now it's like a Halloween party. party. Yeah. Yeah. So they changed it up in the remake, which I think is this year, actually. I haven't watched it because this one sucks. So I assume it's also going to suck. Don't hate me, but it sucks. I did make a note that when she's in one of the passenger cars or one of the compartments, they to keep her safe you know i'm saying that with air quotes yeah but um she is like looking for something so she opens the closet door and she grabs a wire hanger out and she like shoves it into like into her like self or whatever and i'm like is that a nod to halloween because of the i was like because she doesn't use it it just know, shows just her there. grabbing it out of the yeah i was like what does that i mean? guess maybe that would be a nod to halloween but it was so soon after halloween like you know what i mean like it's only two years so it's probably a why, nod that most people didn't even pay attention to i just noticed it i, don't yeah, know I did too i was I like wow it. okay but then i also noticed that she did nothing with it so it was pointless that's what I'm, 
I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, why did they? Why did she? They show her grabbing it out of the closet, but she never used mm. it. She didn't it's untwist so it or nothing. She just grabbed it. I know. She's like, I'm gonna try to rest. How are you trying to rest when this train is full of dead bodies? It's redonk. That's what I said. I was like, there's no way in hell I'm sleeping, redonk. and there's no way in hell you're telling me I'm sitting in here by myself, and you're gonna mm. guard me outside with the axe. Shut up, worst sir. guard ever. And then he gets and gone, yeah. and the dumbest death scene ever. He's stabbed again through the chest, so we see the sword again. But then he's holding the hilt like he did it himself. <laughs> yes. Like I'm like this killer is always trying to stage these bodies like they did it themselves or they drank themselves. No, it's like dumb. who stabs themselves with a whole ass sword? That was stupid. It is stupid. <laughs> oh my god! So you want to get into the rubric on this one? Yes. There's not much else I can say about uh, this movie. It's be talking right. in circles. I know we're just repeating the same stuff. So, uh, literary element, script, story development, dialogue, character development. That's a I'm big old five. five for me. Yeah. yeah the script I is can't. meh. The story, it has some good elements. That's why I'm not giving it a zero, but it doesn't, the dialogue is weird and choppy. And I don't care about any of the characters. I don't I mean, care about any of the characters. I, spent the movie at all. I don't even care about any. Like in my mind, I'm like, you all deserve to die for what you did to him. So he got justice. The rest of y'all suck. Yes, right. they do. Directing suck elements. So visual elements. We got a five and we're going in the next section. Visual elements that connect to the narrative, uh, set design, overall character design. This one was actually not bad. Um, there were some weird stuff, but I thought they looked cool. They picked a lot of creepy, real 80s costumes. Yeah. Um, and they did fit the narrative. You know, the narrative was like, you know, this mass, <clears throat> excuse me, mass killer out there. And he did a good job of changing that out. Different costumes to throw yeah. everybody off who he was. Um, and just, I really thought it was a woman. I did not expect that. So I'd go like a little higher on this one, really. What do you think? It's definitely higher than a 10. I'm thinking maybe like a 15 or a 20. Did we skip over the director element? We're doing the director element. Oh, this I one is just set design, which I really liked with the how the train cars looked. Okay. And the overall character design, which I thought the costumes were weird. They kind of fit what they were trying to tell the story of. Um, I, I would almost give this one just a 15 and not a 20 because I feel like a 20 would warrant it being just a little bit better. Okay, that's fine. That's why I said 15 or 20. Yeah, let's do um, 15. Because I did like the sets. They were interesting. But again, you can't do a whole lot to a train car. So it's not like you're no. doing anything crazy. All right. So let's move on to the visual element. The overall aesthetic of the film is pleasing to the eye. Creative camera shots and movement and lens selection. Like I think I said, this one I knocks it out of the park. Yeah. yeah. Other than that one intro scene, which was done in post. So I don't think the original cinematography probably shot that or cinematographer rather. I doubt John Alcott shot that because it's cut really weird. Or if he did shoot it, they edited it really crappy. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like the way the scenes are lit. I mean, he went as far as to using those doctor pen lights in front of the camera to light the actor's faces. So like the background would be darker, but just their face would be brighter to see okay. some emotion That's and stuff. Neat. Yeah, it was really cool. So I'd go like a full maybe 20, 20 25 on that one. Do you want to take points off for the beginning or do you just want to act like that just never existed and just go with the rest of the film? <laughs> I think I got to, man. You know, the lights and stuff and the flashing, that was not pleasing to my eye. You said it too. So let's go with the 20. Okay. And we've done that before. Certain segments really take away. And like that flashing, yeah. it fit the kind of tone, but it wasn't visually pleasing. It was kind of off-putting. And it was, I don't know, it made me feel just kind of bleh. Yeah, if they had done it, structured it a little differently, it might have been a 25. But yeah. yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for that beginning, opening five minutes, I'd have given it a 25 for sure. The rest of the movie is great. Yes. 
visually at least it's not great i was gonna say visually because it's not a great movie this next section you're about to find yeah we're about to find that out yeah this next section is your baby what do you think about sound was there any score to speak of not really it was mostly just like i guess relevant music to the time if that and i don't i didn't hear it any yeah it was like party music and stuff it was okay it it didn't add anything to the movie at all I, i honestly would just give it a five you think so? But that's just me. Yeah, I I don't feel like there was any like score part of that movie that helped the plot along. I didn't feel like the suspense part was there. Okay. I don't know. I don't. I just don't feel like it was there. Wow, forty five. It looks like right. Is my math wrong? Yeah, no, forty five. No, forty five. So I did not score uh, much higher than Yule Log. So no, still a big F. It's still a big fat F. Man. We're hardcore teachers. We don't give out any kind of any kind of points for anything. Honestly, the visual aesthetic of this film has really saved it. It'd have been like, I mean, it probably if not for that, if the whole movie looked like the beginning, that would have also given it a five, and we'd have been setting super low. So thank you, John. <laughs> it would have been like, it would it would have been like you have to repeat the school year. Yeah, no, you failed the whole year, friend. The whole year. <laughs> it's, it's just not written well, man. It's not it's a good not... movie. All the dialogue, maybe not all of it, 90% of the dialogue sucks and is disjointed, doesn't make any sense. And you can't, and like I said, the movie left me feeling sorry for the killer and that everyone else in the movie deserved to die because you did some messed up stuff to him. Like, I'm telling you, dude, if I, if some, if, if my frat bros put a cadaver in bed with me and was trying to talk me into doing it to that cadaver, I'm going to beat one of them to death. Like, and, not to mention, and not to mention, they... What makes it even shittier is they there was no remorse, and that's the only one they did that to. They, they didn't do laughing. that to anybody else. Yeah, no. Yes, they were all laughing, and she she had every right to be pissed off at all of them too. But she was only pissed off at Doc, and I'm like, but Doc wasn't the only one in on it. I know your boyfriend's sitting there laughing his butt off like it's hilarious, but you're mad because it was yeah. Doc's idea. But they helped go yeah. through with it, so all yeah. those dudes they suck. stole they, they stole a cadaver that was not meant for that. It was meant for research. 100%. I hated I hated this entire like group of people. They all deserved <laughs> so, to die. That's all I had to say. Yes. You all deserved it. Yes. Uh, poor Kenny. Poor Kenny. Oh, transvestite oh. Derek living on the streets oh. of Montreal. Oh, poor Kenny. I know. Oh, okay. Well. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Forty-five. Super F for super super F terror train. And now we have an announcement. Well, we Jenny sure has do. an announcement, and I'm just going to sit here and nod, but you can't see me. Uh, you know what? I- whatever (laughs) anyways so announcement time so we are going to start structuring the podcast differently come january we have decided to create unit lesson plans as all teachers do here in the united states because i'm not really sure how everyone else does it (laughs) um each month we will dedicate a particular theme and this is how we will choose the movies and the text that we read so we thought it would be more cohesive to do it this way. And it makes more sense because we're teachers. Yeah. Um, Each month needs a lesson plan. Yeah. So now the Jenny Dreadful section um, will actually be a standalone episode where we will thoroughly analyze a text, run, um, talk running themes, character development, or lack thereof, um, setting, literally literary elements plot among other things we will essentially give you a text review and so i'm going to give you a heads up now there will be spoilers to the text so if you want to read whatever that is i would read it beforehand um or you can listen to most of the episode and then just go read it for yourself um i will provide a rubric in which i will stick 
to, in order to give these texts consistent reviews and grades, like I would normally in the English classroom, um, being that we have full time teaching jobs and this podcast being our side hobby, we want to ensure that our listeners are satisfied with the quality of work coming from us. Um, so what to expect? We've decided to do for now three movie review episodes accompanied with an announcement and one Jenny Dreadfuls episode at, by the end of the month. Um, this is where I didn't ask Bob to do this, but I'm doing this anyway. Before you get to that, because I'm going okay. to wrap up with that because I think that's really cool. Um, okay. I'm going to add this part at the bottom here. So just kind of to reiterate what Jenny just said, the three movie reviews and the book will all be, they will all fit the lesson plan or the theme for that month. So if we pick, like, say, for instance, our January theme will be remakes. There'll be three remakes and then a book that is a retelling of something or a short story or something of that nature, some literary element that we can really focus down on because we felt that we were not fully um, given as much time to the literary aspect of this, which originally that was kind of our idea, you know, as teachers, we love horror movies, but we also love literature. We love, you know, just writing in general, you know, Jenny's an English teacher. I teach anything they tell me to technically right now I'm a science teacher, but I can teach everything. Um, you know, so it's, we really want to think that's important. So going forward, that will be what we do. Yeah. And of course, you know, Hopefully everyone still listens and likes it and can follow along and maybe get some book suggestions and recommendations from us as we find books that fit um, our monthly themes. So we'll and also we'll we'll try to find texts that are also if like if we pick a novella or a book, we would hopefully find an audio oh, of yeah. it too. So you'd yeah. be able to like listen on Audible or on YouTube or something. I got time to read, so we'll definitely find something that has an audio book. <laughs> I know that's sad to say it as teachers, we don't have time to read because we're grading girls kids no and that that's part of where this this came from is i was very upset about how little time i've been able to dedicate towards the jane dreadful section and like if this was my full-time job y'all i could do it but it's not so but i can i can commit to doing one larger text and doing it thoroughly and well done in one episode so yeah so and plus it'd be good for you guys to hear a cool recommendation that fits that theme so if you like remakes there'll be a book about that if you like there's so many retail vampires. There'll be a book about it. Zombies book about it. It's in that vein mm-hmm. that we'll try, yeah. try not to rebeat dead horses of the same stories we all know. So we'll try to find a little more, not of the beating beaten path stories to kind of add, I think to, uh, yeah, just to expose everyone else. So there you go, guys, yep. new format, new rubrics for the books. We'll do the whole nine and we'll start all that the rest of this month i guess mm-hmm. can we go ahead and announce what our theme for january is as this episode technically comes out on january 1st or do you want to wait for that later i think you already told everybody did i say it was going to be remix yes okay well it's going to be remix guys <laughs> we're just not telling you the movies you no know? no no like yes. in, there'll be a, i'll make a post on social medias um at the end of every previous month of what the next month's lesson plan will be um kind of like how i do now with like the hints about the episodes which i'll probably still do that um because it's fun for me but i'll also do one that is just this month's theme is and then you guys will know what yeah. to expect for that month so if you're a big vampire fan know that we're going to cover three vampire movies and then a book about vampires Yeah, don't worry they're they're on the list yeah, we have a whole year got figured to, out, guys. So yes, we 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 got it all figured out for you. We just got to figure out the 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 books part. We, t- we teach so. you it up. So yeah, we sure did. All right, Jenny. Anything <laughs> else you want to add? I do. I have a special announcement. I would like to thank all that have listened to us so far and have shown our, shown their support because we appreciate it. Because we're at how many listens now, Bob? Like two hundred and five. 
Hey, that's good for nine episodes. So I think so. I think it's good for you know a yeah. flooded market, and we're awesome. So whatever. Yes, that's, that's true. Make it two thousand five, um, guys. Come on. And I would like to personally thank our first ever fan, the OG, the gift shop junkie, uh, for keeping us honest and up to date. We appreciate you. I know, right? She got on me for being a day late on our last episode. <laughs> she did. <laughs> well, like I told I her, like, and I'll tell you, time. man. When when teachers are on break, we don't know what day it is. <laughs> We don't know what day it is. I have to walk, look at my watch. I'm saying, I turn my alarms off. Like what? If I'm not wearing my what watch, I don't even know where I'm at. I know I woke up in a place that's not a classroom. <laughs> that's my whole life. Um, so, yes, definitely thank you for continually listening and being a fan. And hopefully you guys like this new format. Yeah, yeah I think it'll be good. It lets us keep kind of focusing on one topic but find things that fit it and it'll be a lot more fun and it's more like us in our classrooms lesson plans yeah different lessons that fit that same theme uh but yeah it's our strong suit yeah it's what we do it's our job it's what we do every day so yeah if you guys have any comments critiques questions for for sure email us message me on instagram if you want uh you want to tell them where they can find us jenny yes i will uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Horror in the Halls. You can also follow Jenny underscore Dreffles on Instagram. And you can email us at horrorinthehalls at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. Reach out. Let us know what you think. And yeah, guys, this is, uh, again, this comes out New Year's Day. I hope you guys have a great New Year. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.